Okay, so first of all, before we begin, um, so Shkart Shmuley Friedman for sponsoring Lilu Nishmas Yisachar Beresh Ben Shalom. Okay, so like, every week I want to start saying Yeshua, you know, but uh, there's, there's a lot of a lot of there's a lot of things to talk about. So. So this week we'll, we'll, we'll talk about a, a general topic when it comes to sort of, we're getting closer and closer to actually opening the Navi. Okay, so we'll talk today a little bit for a few minutes about just the general concept of Kiba Yeshua, the fact of Yeshua Ben-Nun's conquest of Eretz Yisrael. And the comparing and contrasting that conquest with the conquest that we know from later of Ezra HaSeifer. I'm going to just, uh, to break it down for us, we know that Yeshua Benun, again, after Moshe's death, Yeshua Benun brings Klal Yisrael into the land, and he conquers Eretz Yisrael, he conquers Eretz Yisrael. Now, and that takes us all the way to the end of the first base of Migdash. Okay? After the first base of Migdash is destroyed by uh, Bavel, by Nebuchadnezzar, the king of uh, Babylonia. No? And that means now the conquest of Yeshua Benun is basically overrun by Bavel's conquest. And then 70 years later, after the, uh, after the end of Golis Bavel, so Klal Yisrael returned a second time to Eretz Yisrael under the leadership of Ezra HaSeifer. And so in Halacha, these two tekufis that we have is described as the Kibish of Yeshua, the conquest of Yeshua ben Nun, and the, uh, and the, uh, the Kibish, but the, the Aliyah, the, uh, the settlement of Ezra HaSeifer. Now, we're going to investigate the differences in halacha for a second between Yeshua Benun's conquest and Ezra HaSeifer's settlement, and we'll see what this relates in terms of Penevius, in terms of the, the Neshama. So it's like this. We know that Eretz Yisrael was holy from the time of the beginning of the world, right? Hashem created Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael is unique and holy. But in order for the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael to be really uh, fully developed and to express itself in full to the extent of where you have the halachas of agricultural laws in the land, Shemitah and Yoivil and Shumas and Maestris, on a biblical level. So the halacha is you need Eretz Yisrael to be settled by the Jewish people. You need Eretz Yisrael to be sanctified by the Jewish people. And so when Yeshua Benon comes into Eretz Yisrael and conquers Eretz Yisrael, that wasn't just, okay, now we're there. The conquest of Yeshua Benon sanctified the land. It sanctified the land. And because of his conquest, now the land is obligated in Shumas and Maestris and Shemitah and Yoivil, all the agricultural laws. And now, what we're going to see now is the differences between the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael that, that comes or that reveals itself with the conquest of Yeshua versus the Kedusha that reveals itself and comes with the ascent of Ezra Seifer. Okay, so Maramukha number one that you have is the Rambam and Hilchas Beis Sevachir. This is a Rambam, this is an, an opinion of the Rambam that we find in a few places, but uh, this is one of the more famous headquarters of it. The Rambam says as follows, Chiyav Ha'aretz B'Shviyas Uba Maestras. The obligation of the land to rest during Shemitah and to keep Maestris is It's only because the Jewish people conquered it from the times of Yeshua Nun. And therefore, since, says the Rambam, that Yeshua Nun comes, conquers the land, that sanctifies Eretz Yisrael. That sanctifies Eretz Yisrael. But once they were then conquered by the, by the king of Bavel, so, Batal Kibosh. So, their conquest becomes uh, nullified. The Nifter, Minatari, Maeser, and Mishvias. And then Eretz Yisrael now becomes Potter on a derisive level from Maeser 
and from Shvius, Sharainam in Eretz Yisrael. That's not the land of the Jewish people anymore. We were conquered by Bavel. So this, what the Ram is telling us is summed up in one line, Chazal say, and the Ram is passing like this, that Kedusha Rishayna, the first sanctification of Yeshu Benun, is Kitchel Shaita. It sanctified the land for the time when we were, when we were conquering it, when we conquered it. But that initial conquest and the Kedusha that comes from that conquest of Yeshu Benun did not sanctify the land forever. It lasted only as long as the kibush, as that conquest, was, uh, was functioning. Once we were conquered, then the Kedusha that comes from that conquest leaves and is null and void. Kedusha Rishayna is Kid Shalashayta. The first, ca- first Kedusha consecrates the land for the time being. It says the Rambam, but however, Ezra is not like that. The Kivan Shal Ezra, however, once Ezra, by the second base of English, comes and settles the land, the Kitcha, and he sanctifies it through his settling. So, like Kitcha Bekibush, says the Rambam, he did, not, he did not sanctify the land through Kibush, through conquest. Rather, the, the Kedusha that came from Ezra was not from military conquest. It came from simply Jews settling the land, from settling it. Therefore, any parts of Eretz Yisrael that Ezra and the Eden that came with him settled in, and became sanctified with this second uh, aliyah, with this uh, settling of the Ezra cipher, whom it's sanctified even to this day. It's forever. Even though, you know, in terms of political uh, authority, the land was taken from Ezra and his people after the destruction of the second base of Megdash. Nevertheless, the Kedusha that Ezra Seifer was able to sanctify through his settling, that lasts forever. And those areas that he settled in are still Chayiv and Shumas and Meisers to this day on a biblical level. So what the Rambam is telling us, again, it's a famous sheet of the Rambam, is that there are, there's a very fundamental difference between the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael that came from the conquest of Yeshua versus the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael that comes with the settlement of Ezra Seifer. The Kedusha that comes with Yeshua Benun, it was through conquest, and because of that, it only lasts as long as the conquest was lasting. Once the Kibush of Eretz Yisrael from Yeshua Benun was undone through you know, our enemies, then the Kedusha that comes from it is null and void. But Ezra Seifer was different. Ezra Seifer, his, his, the Kedusha that settles in through Ezra Seifer was not from conquest, rather it was just them being there, and therefore that lasts forever. Okay, so, so the first question we have to deal with is that why exactly is this, is this the difference? I mean, just as the military conquest of Yeshua Benun, you can say, ended when we were overthrown and, and left the land, so the settlement of Ezra Seifer also ended when we were kicked out. I mean, either way, whether it be through military conquest or just through sitting, sitting and living there, either way, it ended. Both ended when the base of Migdash, the first and second, were destroyed. So exactly why would it be that Yeshua Benun's conquest is only going to be temporary, whereas Ezra Seifer's conquest is going to be eternal? Huh? Kimu v'kiblu. Well, that's 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 negated to perm in terms of our accepting yeah, Torah. So, so, so maybe that could okay, we'll see. We'll see. You're, gonna, you're hitting on something, but uh, we'll see. That's point number one. Another point, just to keep in mind, we're going to Hashem, We'll get to this soon. Is that it, it's sort of hinted to in the words of the Rambam, though he didn't like say it directly. Is that one, another difference between Yeshua Benun and Ezra was that Yeshua Benun's conquest was in all of Eretz Yisrael in total. It was a sum. It, it was the entire land altogether. Whereas Ezra Hasayfer's settlement were pieces by pieces. This particular 
community, this particular city, that particular place. But it was not, it was not, I mean, another, one of the fundamental differences between how these sanctifications took place is that Yeshubinun's conquest, the Rogachev points this out, is that Yeshubinun's conquest was all or nothing. It was like one foul swoop. The whole land or none of it. Whereas Ezra Seifer's Kedusha, it wasn't with military conquest, it was with settlement. And with settlement, piece by piece. Piece by piece. Okay, that's another distinction. So these are the things we have to figure out. What's the halachic difference between them? Why would Yeshua Nun's conquest be only temporary to the Kedusha? And why would the Kedusha of Ezra be forever? And this uh, other Nakuda is that Yeshua Nun's conquest, the Kedusha, it's all or nothing, whereas Ezra could be piece by piece. And finally, well, then we're going to, when we figure that out, then we'll move on to figure out what this has to do with the Vedas Hashem. Okay, so take a look at Maramaka number two. There's a red vase in Hilchus Trumus. Okay, this is a very big Chiddush from the red vase. It's questionable where he gets this from, but Lamai said this is what the Ravaz writes. The Ravaz was one of the great uh, leaders of, uh, he was the chief rabbi of Egypt in the 1500s. So he's, uh, he's considered one of the great Paiskim, the great Achreinim. So he writes in Hilchus Trumas, he asked this question that we asked, what exactly is the difference between Yeshua Benun's con- the Kedusha and the Kedusha of Ezra? I mean, it's in the Ramam said one's conquest and one's not with conquest, but what exactly is the difference? So the Ravaz says as follows, Venir Ladaitai, it seems that according to the opinion of the Rambam, when the Rambam says that the Kedusha that came from Ezra was through settlement, it's interesting. He, what basically the Radvaz says is that the Rambam is not telling us the whole picture. When you just read the Rambam, it would seem as if the Kedusha of Ezra came from simply living in the land. And that's how many Achorinim understand it. But the Radvaz is Mechadish, it says no. He says that the Kedusha that comes from Ezra was through a verbal sanctification that the Jewish people did. In other words, it wasn't, what happened was that Yeshua comes and conquers the land. That's it. And the conquest is what sanctified the land. And so because of that, if the conquest is, is gone, the conquest is gone. We were overthrown. So the Kedusha that comes from that conquest is null and void. But when it comes to Ezra, says, says the, the Radvaz, when they came and they settled the land, it wasn't just the settling. Once they settled it, somehow, in some way, they, there was a, an assembly made, and they verbally sanctified the land. They verbally sanctified the land. And that verbal sanctification is, un, is independent of, of any particular political situation. And so therefore, says the Advaz, the Kedushas HaPeh, that, that, that was used to sanctify the land, that's forever. So, the Kudush Mekudush something, yeah. So that's the thing. So, so the Radvaz is being mechavish. There was a verbal kedusha that they said. I don't know what the nusach was or how they did it, but the Ram, he's saying that it wasn't the actual chazaka. It wasn't the actual settling that allowed. That maybe that was a conditional thing. Like you needed to live there and to establish your presence in order to then be able to verbally sanctify the land. But it was the verbal sanctification that really was makavish land, and that's not dependent on anything. That's 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 forever. Just like if a person has a cow or something and they sanctify it to be considered a carbon. Now it's a carbon, independent of the particular situations or whatever. Like it is. So Eretz also we sanctified it the pet. Maybe. Maybe I don't know. The, the, the Ravaz's uh, language. He's just like. Just, uh, this, yeah, this line that I that I quoted over here is like that's that's all he says. It's like there's no there's no larger context. I don't know. That's what Ravaz learns. Okay, so I have to figure this out. To figure this out, what exactly is the so we so in, in other words, from this we have two two types of 
two ways, two methods for Kedushas Haaretz to be manifest. You have Kedushas Haaretz through conquest, that's Yeshua Benun, and Kedushas Haaretz through verbal sanctification, Kedushas Apeh, that's with Ezra, right? That's what we have so far. Okay, now let's, 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 let's understand this. Eretz Yisrael, I've mentioned this before, Eretz Yisrael, if you understand, in the Sarmak Daishim and in Yiddishkeit, Eretz Yisrael is not just a place. Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael, Eretz Yisrael means, Eretz Yisrael is very much connected to tefillah. Eretz Yisrael is the place, like, for example, David Melch is the king of Eretz Yisrael, right? Malchus based David. David Melch said about himself, I am davening. I am davening. It means Eretz Yisrael, the conquest of Eretz or, or should I say, that the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael is going to be synonymous with the Kedusha of tefillah, with the world of davening. Con- the, the sanctification of the land in terms of Vodis Hashem, is synonymous with a person discovering that power and that connection, that dveikus that comes with davening. So what we're seeing, therefore, if we translate in those, in those terms, what we're seeing, therefore, is that there's two types of davening. There's two, there's two ways to sort of open up a sitter and to daven. You have davening in a way of conquest, of Yeshua Nun, and then you have davening in a way of just talking of verbally talking, of Ezra Cipher. Now, let me explain what this means. Take a look at Maramoka number three, okay? This is a piece from Lekut Maran. It's in the, sec- the second piece in Lekut Maran. Now, we're just going to read it, okay? We're just going to read through this paragraph, and then we'll begin to discuss. Rabbi Nachman says, Ki ikr Mashiach hu Okay, so we're just going to read through it, and then we'll explain. Rabbi Nachman says that the weapon, the sword that, you sh- that Mashiach is going to use is davening. The sword is davening. Umisham ikr Not only is davening the weapon that Mashiach is going to use to conquer the world for God, but that's in fact where Mashiach's life force comes from. That's that. That's what Mashiach is: is the power of davening. The kol melchamta in all of his warfare, v'chol achavisha sheyichbeish, and all the conquest that he will, that'll conquest, that'll conquer. Hakol misham all comes from his davening. It's all davening. And this is the main weapon of Mashiach. It's a mistake. As the Pasuk says, The Yaakov Avinu says to Yosef that I'm going to make you the firstborn, right? And we know Yosef wasn't, uh, Reuven was the firstborn, but, Yosef, but Yaakov Avinu gives the Bechayr to Yosef, and he says, the Bechayr is, I'm going to give you an added portion, the city of Shechem, for example, that I conquered Bechayr Bekash with my sword and my bow and arrow. When did Yaakov go to a war like this? So Upirish Rashi Rashi says, what does a sword and arrow mean? Tfilo bakasha. So you see, davening is being described as a weapon that one uses to conquer. V'zakli Zion, now says Rabbi Nachman, this weapon that's being, that's being wielded by Mashiach, so this, this weapon, Tzaruch l'kabla ide b'chinas Yosef, the Mashiach that we're talking about, the one that's holding this sword and conquering, is not Mashiach ben David. We're talking about another type of Mashiach, which is Mashiach ben Yosef. Which also is a tefillah, which is not Yosef. Which is but we'll see about this, right? So it's a certain type of tefillah. It's a tefillah of conquest. Like the Bechinus Yosef, Hainu Shmir Sabris. It's guarding one's bris and, and being a holy person. as it says in Pasuk, Chagor Chargacha Al Yerech. You know, uh, gird your sword on your thigh. In other words, Rabbi Nachman is saying in this Pasuk, so you see the connection between this sword, which is davening, like Yaakov Inu said, davening is the sword, and it's connected to, uh, to a person that, 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 that is holy in that area of life, that's Al Yerecha. 
the Yosef Shashamar Sabris, therefore Yosef that was Shamar Bris, Yosef is a tzaddik, not Dal Sabakhira, he therefore was given the Bakhira. And what is the birthright? What is the double portion of a Bakhar? Shu Bakinas of the Satfila. That is Davening also. Davening is the sword, but Davening is also the birthright, the Bukhira. Bechinas Pishnaim. Just as the Bukhar gets double portion, so to Davening has a double quality to it. Kiatfila hu Pishnaim. Davening is twofold. Shiyeshman Shivachish al Makim. On the one hand, Davening contains the praises of the king, right? The praises of the Rabbanishlam, Ushail Srachov. And on the other hand, it also asks your, for your personal needs. So you praise Hashem and you're also for your personal needs. So just as the Bukhira is double, so tefillah is double, and therefore b'chayra is related to tefillah. And this is what we find, that the Pasuk says that a person, that the, the tzaddik has a double-edged sword in his mouth. means the sword that has double edges is davening, and that's in the mouth of the tzaddik. This is the double portion of the b'chayr and the double-sided quality of davening, praising Hashem and asking for your personal needs. Vinita Meruven, and says Rabbi Nachman, this Bechayra, which is the power of davening, the weapon of Mashiach ben Yosef, was taken from Ruven, because there was some uh, issue over there of him, of him moving the beds of Yaakov Avinu. So you see that there was some, but there's an issue of Kedush in that area of, of Yisoyed, the area of Bris, on Ruvin's level, some issue over there. Therefore, he lost the power of davening and was given to Yosef HaTzadik. Okay. So, <laughs> what, let's try to make sense of what Rabbi Nachman just said. Again, Rabbi Nachman just told us, introduced us to a lot of new ideas. Rabbi Nachman told us that there's such a thing as Mashiach conquers the world. How does Mashiach conquer the world? Mashiach conquers the world for God with the power of tefillah. So davening is called, davening in this context, Rabbi Nachman says, there's such a thing as davening in a way of kibush. That's like Yishuvanun, right? Yishuvanun conquering Eretz Yisrael, unleashing the power of tefillah. Yishuvanun conquers the land, and the conquest is, the con- is, is, is a type of tefillah which is called Bechari Vikashi. There's a type of tefillah which is called a tefillah which is, uh, which is with, conquest, with conquest. And this specifically is connected to Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben Yosef, and in fact Yeshua ben Nun, we know, comes from Shevet Yosef. So Mashiach, so Yeshua ben Nun is sort of what this par- what this paragraph of Nachman is talking about is Mamish Kula Yeshua ben Nun's conquest. So Yeshua ben Nun, who is the quality of Mashiach ben Yosef, conquers Eretz Yisrael, which is which which is synonymous with this type of tefillah, a tefillah of conquest, a tefillah of conquest. Now Mitzad Sheni, we have to explain what this means. Mitzat Sheni, we do find in other places in Rabbi Nachman's writings in particular, and that I didn't, I didn't quote this, but there's a n- number of places where Rabbi Nachman talks about this, that there's another type of tefillah, a tefillah which really Moshe Rabbeinu mentions writing this past parasha, Veschanan al-Hashem be'isahilema. When Moshe davens to go to Eretz Yisrael, he doesn't daven in a way of conquest. He doesn't daven in this way of, of having a sword, of military strength, of stubbornness. Moshe Rabbeinu Davins in a way of Veschanan, Rabbi Shalom, I'm asking for a favor, I'm asking for a, a matana, a free gift. Veschanan al Hashem. And we find Rabbi Nachman writes in other places that as opposed to the tefillah of Meshech ben Yosef, which is Bechari Vakashti with a sword and with conquest, there's another form of tefillah which is more connected to Meshech ben David, which is davening in a way of tachnunim, in a way of beseeching, in a way of Ramon please give me what I need. I don't deserve it at all, but uh, please give me what I need. And Rabbi Nachman, in fact, in one place says 
that in the way of davening of Mashiach ben David, which is a way of eschanan, of, uh, of just beseeching with Rachmanus, and that's a tefillah where a person has to have a sort of mentality of, if the answer is yes, yes. If the answer is no, it's no. But when you're coming with a sword and you're conquering, and you, when, you, when someone shows up with a sword, they're not taking no for an answer, right? So there's a certain tefillah of Yosef at Tzaddik, which is sort of, you are, you, you know, let's put it this way. The, 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 the tefillah of, of, of Mashiach ben Yosef, which is the conquest of Eretz Yisrael via Yeshua ben Nun, is a conquest of you are doing this yourself. You are, you are conquering, right? When a person comes with a sword, Yeshua ben Nun's conquest, they were taking control of the matter in their own hands. They were conquering the land. So there's a certain type of tefillah where it's almost as if you can say you are actually the one to, to, to get what you want. You are, you, are, you are the one, even though you're talking to God and God's in control of everything, but there's a certain type of tefillah where you are actually the ones doing it. There's another type of, another type of, of, of Kedusha Veres Yisrael, an opening of that world of tefillah, which is more Mashiach ben David, where it's not you conquering, it's quite the opposite. You're passively asking Hashem for help, and hopefully things are coming to you. And we're going to see soon, that was Ezra HaSoifer. But let, let me explain, what does it mean to daven in a way of Bechari Bekashti, where, you where you're actually controlling the situation? I mean, we understand, where we're used to thinking of davening is more of Mashiach ben David, where it's like, you don't deserve anything, you don't have anything, you're asking Hashem for Matana, and hopefully Hashem gives. If the answer is yes, great. If the answer is no, what am I supposed to do? What does it mean to daven in a way of Mashiach ben Yosef where there is, there is no option of no, I am going to make this happen? Like, what does that mean? Okay, so this, this form of davening of Mashiach ben Yosef is, like Isaac pointed out, usually, those that have listened to me before, you'll know this already, that Mashiach ben Yosef is usually more associated with Torah as opposed to Tzvil. So this, but now we're being introduced to a type of tefillah of Mashiach ben Yosef. And the tefillah of Mashiach ben Yosef by the Mekubalim, by the Samarak Daishim, is, is described as a tefillah in the way of Kavanis and Yehudim. Now, it sounds complicated and sophisticated, it is, but just for one second. I'm trying to figure out how to say this. You see, yeah, you open a sitter, right? I'm going to sit So you say a bracha, right? So you open the bracha, you say the bracha, Hashem, you created the person with understanding, with wisdom. Please, Hashem, give me understanding and wisdom. So how, what's the method of that tefillah? So let's, let's go each way. The way of Mashiach ben David, the way of Eschanan al-Hashem, is that what? Is that what I'm asking for is very passionate. I'm asking for exactly what I just said. This is a personal expression of the human being Hashem, I would like to have understanding and wisdom. Please give it to me. I don't have the keys to be able to bring that into my life. Rabbi Hashem, you have everything. I'm asking for matana. And if the Rabbi Hashem gives it to you, hopefully Bez Hashem, then good. And that way of davening, which means davening pir shamilas, simple, simple translation of the words, and asking for your personal needs. Very passionate. This is a type of davening, which is Mishnech ben David, and this is a type of davening, which is shavu l'chol nefesh. It unifies all people. You don't have to be a big tzaddik, or you don't have to be a sophisticated person in order to do this. You don't even have to know Hebrew. Because honestly, just say your own words. Speak your own words. And when a person speaks their own words, like we say in the end of Shema Kalena, right? But the Rabbanu Shalom listens to tefillas kol peh, to the tefillah of all mouths. That's referring to the davening of Mashiach ben David, which is davening in the way of pashtas, way of simplicity, reading the words and translating it 
to yourselves, and even if you can't read the words, to say it to a personal bakash, a personal tefillah for your own needs, and you're hoping for God to give it to you. But now let's describe that same tefillah, that same brach of Atah Das in a way of Mashiach ben Yosef. How the Mekubolim, how the Tzadikim Davin. When, when, when the Mekubolim open the Siddur and they say the brach of Atah Das, it's not about the actual translation of the words. It's not a Mashiach ben David, which is, I'm sitting here as a human being, please Hashem, give me understanding, and I'm hoping to get a good answer. Atachaladim Das takes on a whole different meaning. Atachaladim Das, by the Mukabalim, every single letter of that bracha are, are keys, are tools, and are ways to, you could manipulate every letter of that, of that bracha to become Shemus Akdashim. It's all Shemus, it's all divine names. And the Rabbanu Shalom made the world in such a way, we Nishmas Yisrael in such a way, where if, if a Yid has the right kavan and understands how the Rabbanu Shalom's divine names work, then you could actually create, using your own personal meditations and the, and the, and the Shemus Akdashim that are woven into the tefillah, to actually cr- use that to create a system through which divine energy flows into your life, automatically resulting in understanding and parnasa and Yeshua. In other words... The way of davening with kavanas, like there's davening with kavanas, like no one's what you're doing, and then there's kavanas, right? When you hear a person say they're davening with kavanas, that's what that means is by the mukabalim, it means that tefillah takes on a whole different mode. It's not me sitting passively expressing my personal human, you know, needs that everyone can relate to. The davening by the mukabalim with kavanas is for one single purpose in order to create an infrastructure, a spiritual infrastructure in my life, to allow God's presence to flow into into my world. When God's presence flows into my world, of course, everything blossoms. Wherever God is, things work out. So, of course, it'll result in parnasa, in in, in understanding, in uh, all the things we have before in Shemun Esrei. But Shemun Esrei, in the way of kavanas, the way by the tzaddikim, it's not... Every bracha by itself, I need pranasa right now. If the answer is no, the answer is no. And then I move on to the next bracha, I need uh, refuah. Maybe over there the answer is yes. And it's a bunch of hodgepodge of different pieces, which is coming me as, in, as, a, as a human being, asking for something, and hopefully by each individual piece, the answer is yes. That's called davening by Meshech ben David. Meshech ben Yosef is b'chari b'kash, that you are actually creating a spiritual infrastructure to force God's presence to to reveal itself in your life, and when God's presence reveals itself in your life and you create sort of this infrastructure which begins from the first line of Shemesri and finishes with the concluding line of Shemesri, and it's all one big, huge system of, of uh, you know, highways and byways that you're creating with divine names that are encoded in the Shemesri, when you do that, then automatically the Shefa, the light of the Rabbani Shalom, is going to manifest. It's like if you have a huge reservoir of water, Right? And then all you do is to create pipelines and systems in order to create that, to connect that reservoir to your personal uh, sink, automatically the water is going to flow. And that's how the Rabbani Shalom also created the world. There's a certain, le- the Rabbani Shalom is, always, the is an R8 of an infinite light. And, and once that infinite light sort of touches your life and it, and it saturates your being, so of course it, it'll manifest, it'll result, it'll, it'll reveal itself in all the good things in the world. But, and the way of the Mukabalim is to create an infrastructure to allow that infinite light into your world. And that infrastructure is coded in divine names that are subtly, you know, mysteriously embedded in the, in the Nusach Hashmanes, right? 
And by davening with that kavana of not thinking, and you're not even thinking about the actual parnasa. You're not thinking about the actual uh, wisdom that you're davening for. It's much bigger. It's much deeper than that. What you're what you're trying to have kavana for is to try to build an infrastructure to allow God's infinite light into the world. Automatically, it'll result in all these things that you're davening for. But these practical things that you're davening for are sort of beneath you. They're lower than where you're really where your mind is. This is called davening b'chari v'kashti with a sword and an arrow. That means that you're doing it yourself. Now, those neshamas that are Meshech ben Yosef, and this is why I said Meshech ben Yosef is usually more tilted to Torah versus Tefillah. Because Torah means that you're doing it on your own, right? You open a safe and you're learning and you're accomplishing and you become empowered by that. But what Rabbi Nachman is introducing us to is that there's a Tefillah which is Meshech ben Yosef. And this is a Tefillah which is also a Tefillah of conquest. This was, was happening when Yishubinun conquered Eretz Yisrael. Let's understand this. Yishubinun's conquest of Eretz Yisrael, with a sword and arrow, meant the sanctification of tefillah. It meant the, the redemption of the world of tefillah. It meant uh, the discovery of tefillah in this way of kavanis and Yehudim. And this is why, as I mentioned, when Yishubinun conquers Eretz Yisrael and the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael settles in, it was not piece by piece. It's not piece by piece. It's one big thing because that's how tefillah works in the way of kavanas and yichudim. It's not piece by piece where, let me, get, let me get this, there's one big super infrastructure that you're, being, that you're creating, that you're building from the beginning of Shemineser to the end of Shemineser. That's Bechari Bekashti. But what's amazing is as, as big and as deep and as mysterious as that is, but as the Raman Paskin, Kedusha Rishayna, the Kedusha of Yishu Benun, was Kitchel Shaita, it worked for the time being, like Kitchel Asalav, but it does not work forever. Because this type of avoider, this type of tefillah of Mashiach ben Yosef, we know according to Chazal, Mashiach ben Yosef ends up dying, right? What does it mean the death of Mashiach ben Yosef? It means that this way of davening needs a lot of conditions. It needs a lot of conditions. You have to be, first of all, you have to be, you have to have a lot of background to understand what this is. You have to, like Rabbi Nachman said, you have to be a Yosef Tzadik, you have to have Kedusha Zabris, you have to be someone that's elevated, that's spiritual, that's not inclined to low physical things in order to even enter into this battle. You have to be someone that is, that even if you have those conditions, during that moment you have to have like your head, you know what I mean? Because even if a person is a tzaddik, you know, and even if a person has the mental, the information, the background, but not on every Tuesday morning does the person have the mental capacity to be in that spiritual place. Not, sometimes it's an internal issue that just that day you're not feeling it, you're not, you don't have the concentration you usually would. Sometimes it's the, the, the matzav around you. Sometimes, you know, a guy would love to be able to have a three-hour shmas, right? But it's like, it doesn't, you know, he's not able to. So it takes a lot of conditions, and because of that, that's what's being explained by the Ram over here, that the Kedush of Yishuvunon is not eternal. It's not forever. It, it's conditional. It, 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 you need the right circumstances. And if you don't have the right circumstances, you're not able to, con- to have this tefillah, which is through conquest. Mitzat Shani, let's go the other way. Then you have Ezra Seifer. Ezra Seifer came from Le'emenu. He comes from Shevet Yehuda. So Ezra Seifer is the, the, the Kedusha of Eretz Yisrael that comes with Ezra is the discovery of davening, not the davening of Yeshua ben Nun, which is mostly a mental exercise, whereas the conquest of, Yeshua, of Ezra Seifer, the Kedusha of Ezra Seifer, is the discovery of davening in the way of Mashiach ben David, which is Tfilas Kol Peh. Tfilas Kol Peh means Pasha davening. Just say the words and know what you mean and, and, and mean it yourself. Ask for something Pasha. 
This is what it means when, I, when the Ravaz said that Ezra Seifer's Kedusha came with Kedusha's Apeh, with the, the Kedusha that comes from just a verbal expression. That's, that's reflective of this truth of what we say in Davening, Shmakaleinu, that Hashem listen to our voice, that you listen to Tfilas Kolpeh, the, vo- the voice of all mouths. That means there's a certain type of Tfilah which is not coming predominantly from the head. It's coming predominantly from the mouth. And that's called the Tfilah that's Poshet. And that's a Tfilah that's universal. It's maybe not so sophisticated, because like you're asking for simple things that everyone can get. So it's not with this complicated, super spiritual structure of Meshach ben Yosef. It's very Poshet. And therefore, Ezra Seifer's conquest was not with miracles. It was not even most of the Jewish... It, it, was, it was very earthly. It was very down-to-earth. It was with permission from the Persian government. It was not... Uh, it didn't seem to be so uh, supernatural at all. But you know what? It was forever. Because that type of tefillah of Mashiach ben David is a tefillah that's universal. And even if you know the head for it, you don't know the head for kavanas, but you can certainly daven in your own language and say what you need. That's always... And that's why the Ezra Seifer's conquest, his Kedusha, was piece by piece. Because this type of tefillah doesn't need, the first line of Shemineshri is not dependent on the last line. Every single bracha is its own thing, and if you don't feel connected, and if you're not expressing yourself properly in one, fine, so move on, you express yourself properly in the next bracha. Some days you're feeling more connected to Davin for Parnasa, other days you feel more connected to Davin for, for uh, Siat and learning, whatever it is. And that's fine. The conquest of Ezra Seifer is piece by piece. There's, you don't have to it's not all or nothing. In Kavanis, Meshech ben Yosef, it's all or nothing. It's all or nothing. You can't just start, it doesn't work like that because there's a st- structure that you have to build from beginning to end. If you want to build a pipeline, a, a system from the reservoir to your sink, you can't just say, you know what, I'll just do this pipe over here and that'll be enough. It, it, it's part of the, you have to build the whole system. In the way of Ezra Seifer, it's not like that. It could be piece by piece. Now what's, what's, what's amazing therefore is, is that when these two tefillahs come together, when these two tefillahs come together, is that's the most amazing tefillah at all? Because in in in, in and this is this is this is how the big tzaddikim daven is that at the same time, sort of the neshama of their davening, the soul of the davening, so to speak, is the world of Mishaych ben Yosef, the kavanas and the yichudim and the sophisticated ideas. But they're at the same time never forgetting the vessel, right? The the earthly, the mouthpiece that the davening. It, the body of the davening, which is Mashiach ben David. And that's the ultimate goal of what, of what davening, when Mashiach ulti, ben David ultimately comes, and Eretz Yisrael will be sanctified and will return to land, which means davening will be completely redeemed from its exile and will be able to daven the way a Yid is supposed to daven. What we're going to do is in these two methods. We're all going to become Mashiach ben Yosef Dike people, and we're going to have the headspace for it. We'll be able to daven in the way of Kavanis and Yechudim. But we're also going to appreciate and see all of that fitting into the davening of Tfilas Kolpeh. Take a look at Marmokka number four. You'll see Rabbi Nachman himself writes in in Golson Kutmaran Chelik Bey Simon Kufchav. Rabbi Nachman over here, Rav Nassim is talking. Rav Nassim quotes, uh, says the following story, that there was one of the Talmidim, one of the Chassidim of Rav Nachman, that Rav Nachman found out that he was learning uh, Kabbalah, he was learning Kavanas, this Kavanas that we're talking about davening, he was learning about it, and he was even davening with these Kavanas. V'omrloi Rabbeinu Zal. So Rabbi Nachman confronted this chassid and told him, If you're not worthy of davening with kavanas, if you try to daven with kavanas, it's like witchcraft, you know? It's, like, it's just like, you know, uh, uh, like what's kishif? What's witchcraft? Witchcraft is also, God doesn't want to give you something, but you're going to force his hand by uh, connecting to some dark place and to try to get things to be the way you want it to be. 
So what's the difference between that and kavanas if you're not... You have to be roy, you have to be worthy of that. Va'amar. And so how does a yid become worthy? How does he become worthy? The essence of davening is connecting to Hashem. And now Rabbi Nachman is talking about the davening of Mashiach ben David. And he says that a person ha- in the world of Mashiach ben David, it will be kedai to daven in English. That's the language that you understand. That's tefillah's kolpeh. So it's true. Chazal gave us the sitter of davening, which is in Lashon Kaidish. So we have no choice but to follow what Chazal say and daven in Hebrew like the Siddur says. But the ikr of davening, again, in the way of Mashiach ben David, is to simply know what you're saying and that it should be a, a, a personal expression of, of who you are. The main thing of davening is for each and every piece of your life, piece by piece, like Ezra, right? Piece by piece of davening for the Rabbanish, and through this you come close to him. Rabbi Nachman is telling us is that this is the vessel, the vessel within which the world of davening of Meshach ben Yosef can exist is, is the Meshach ben David davening. The Meshach ben David davening, which is feels Kolpeh, in that place, then you can have you, you, you can have a vessel, to the body, to allow the soul of Mashiach ben Yosef to be able to, to exist as well. But this is what, what, what is going on. This is why, by the way, when Moshe Rabbeinu, I mentioned Moshe Rabbeinu says, Veschanan al-Hashem Rabbeinu wants to go to Eretz Yisrael. Moshe Rabbeinu knows that the ultimate... We, we know that according to Chazal, Moshe Rabbeinu, why did, what was the plan, right? Moshe wants to go to Eretz Yisrael. And Chazal say he would have built the base of Mikdash, and that would have been it. So the davening, so let's understand. So the davening that Moshe therefore offers up to get him to Eretz Yisrael is going to have to reflect his plan, which is forever. A Kedusha la'asad lavai, a Kedusha of eternal, base of Mikdash forever, Mashiach ben David. So because of that, the type of davening he requests is what? I'm not using my sword. If there's anyone that could have davened with kavanas to force Hashem's hand, it was Moshe Rabbeinu. And Moshe Rabbeinu did use that when it came to other occasions, right? When Rabbi Shalom is threatening to destroy us after the sin of the eagle. So what does Moshe Rabbeinu daven? How does Moshe Rabbeinu daven? Forcefully. And Chazal even says such a thing that he grabbed Hashem by the collar, I'm not letting you go until you give me the right answer. That's not in a way of Eschan. That's not Moshe ben David tefillah. That's Moshe ben Yosef tefillah. So Moshe Rabbeinu certainly knows how to daven in that way. And he does not choose to do so when he's trying to get to Eretz Yisrael. Because he's not interested in getting to Eretz Yisrael like Yeshua Benun for the time being, and then eventually it won't work out. He wants Kedusha L'asad Lavi. He wants an eternal Kedusha. He wants to build the Beis HaMegdash. He wants to be Meshech Ben David. And that needs V'eschanan al-Hashem. But Moshe Rabbeinu also knows that that vessel, that body, that feel of Meshech Ben David, it, that's what's going to allow davening to be forever, but in that body of forever, that tefillah's kolpeh of, of Ezra Seifer, now is the perfect resting place for this deep soul and this deep strength of Mishaych ben Yosef. And that's why Moshe Rabbeinu, when he davens, he davens v'eschanal Hashem, right? Basically, he lemar. What's the lesson of the Pasuk? Ever another error, right? Let me pass through the land and see the place. What pass through? Do you want to... I want to live there. The passing through of Moshe Rabbeinu, what he's, what he's trying to express is this idea, is that the vessel 
for Eretz Yisrael is going to be the Aschanan, the Tfilas Kolpeh. But in that place, let me pass through, let my soul, which is Mashiach ben Yosef, the power of Mashiach ben the Torah of Mashiach ben the Yichud and the Kavanas, let that pass through that vessel that I'm establishing, the Aschanan. And that's what Mashiach ben was davening for, that Eretz Yisrael should be complete with both the body of Mashiach ben David and the soul of Mashiach ben Yosef. And that's what's happening over here. And you see this in Halacha, over Yishuvanon's conquest is on the one hand, it's all or nothing, but it's not forever. Whereas Ezra's surface conquest is piece by piece, but it's forever. And that's the avoid that we have to have in mind. Sometimes you're in the mode of davening in a spiritual place. That's more of a Mashiach ben Yosef. And sometimes it's Pashat. You have to just say the words because you're not feeling anything high and elevated, but you have a need in your life. And that's called the davening Mashiach ben David. And both are absolutely necessary and vital. And each one has a mile over the other. And ultimately when Mashiach comes, these two modes of davening, both the spiritual... Ni'ila type of experience and the Pashid Tfilas Kolpeh will be unified and shown how they both Ramamish part of one big whole and Kedusha's arts will be manifest uh, through both of them. We should be to Davin, to Davin properly. Okay, Shkayach.